Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, the bassist for legendary comedy metal sensations Taint Stick and Death Death Die, as well as a member of Breakout LA alt-rock act The Mowglies, whose most recent release is an EP entitled American Feelings. Hello and welcome my dear friend, Matt DePani. Hi, Mike Tully. How are you? So good. So good to see you again. It's always lovely to see you. I feel like I currently feel like you most often feel like disoriented and disheveled from, you know, it's the road, bro. Yeah, no, it's uh, the, the road is long and, and arduous and sometimes very sad and here we are together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I've so enjoyed watching your success, but I've also just enjoyed watching your personal evolution from, you know, fresh-faced rock hopeful to a grizzled man, broken, beaten down by the road and the record industry. Yeah, they destroyed me. And uh, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still standing. Yeah. But uh, the beard has grown longer from it. Yes. Um. Yeah. No, I feel like you, you remind me a little bit of uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg in Rockstar. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I did. You it's know, been a while. Um, I get to things like fifteen years late. <laughs> I saw it like three months ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think we had the same path where I, no. they found me as a cover band artist. You were playing. You were playing bass in uh, a mildly successful Mowgli's tribute act. Yeah, we have a lot of those apparently. <laughs> yeah, we're we're more popular than you think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are popular. Do you do you get like uh, to get kids performing and maybe even young adults? covers and stuff of your stuff yeah there's a lot of stuff on youtube and it's so and, amazing because it's so easy for people to make it nowadays and share it you would be oh, nobody dangerous toys didn't know that i was covering teas and pleasing in my friend's right basement. no they had no idea and they, they <laughs> probably children they were reaching they'll never know that that happened yeah but uh <laughs> yeah, no, we get a lot of covers on on youtube and I, you know a lot of like ukulele covers it's mostly it's mostly females that cover our our, our music and i think that's actually more impressive because there's so many men in my in my band, yeah, and uh, it's nice to see other women picking up instruments and playing these songs that were written by mostly men. Obviously, Katie's in our band, and she's yes. a writing force here. But yeah, um, it's nice to see women playing our music more and more. Yeah, well, the reason I I always love talking to you, but the reason specifically I wanted to bring you in to talk to you is because you tweeted about um, female fronted acts recently. Yeah, and. Oh, yeah. I um is there any particular reason you did that? Um my whole life I've been really inspired by female lyricists and and female vocalists um like my favorite singer ever is Gwen Stefani and people might give me shit for that now because of who she is now but no doubt was like the biggest influence on me. Oh um, really? Yeah, I growing up like that was when my brother showed me the first No Doubt record. I didn't know, like, my mind exploded. I had oh, no really? idea what to do, and that was, like, my introduction to ska and punk, and that, like, hearing a bass line from Tony Canal was like, what are you doing? I don't even know how to play this. Some of them I still have no idea how to play. Um, 
But wait, 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 back up a little bit. I'm realizing there's a lot of things about you that I don't know. There's a lot of things you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I asked you to give me a list of just you know female fronted acts that we could talk around, talk about, and bat around here on air, and you led with that, and I was not expecting you to lead with no doubt. So, first of all, where did you grow up, Matt? Uh, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, uh, mostly in Calabasas, though. So, oh, so you're kind of you're local. Yeah, I'm local. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Yeah. Was Calabasas always a respite of assholes? No. No, we, uh, my family moved there long before all of the guard gates were there. Yeah. Um, maybe the Kardashians were there, but I think we beat them there. I don't think so. I feel like they were. I think they were Encino at that Oh, point. really? Yeah, I think I they just were... assumed that they were Brentwood people. Maybe they were still in Brentwood at the time. I've, I've lost track of the Kardashian lore. Uh... Out of my garage, I keep a map and I put little, uh, little, uh, thumb. Uh, nails in. I'm glad like someone's keeping track. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't you gotta keep, know where they are. It's really hard to keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> that TV show tried, but boy, boy, are they an exciting bunch. Oh, so, uh, yeah, oh, okay. So, you were, when did it be like, does your family still live out there? My, I'm actually going tonight to go see my parents in Calabasas. Yeah, they live out there. Um, my brother's in Simi Valley, and everyone's still here. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they live in, is there, is there like, um, the old normal part of town that w- is the Calabasas that once was, and it's like kind of like two separate towns with the all the you know retired NFL players and Jerry O'Connells. I think everyone's kind of living everywhere in Calabasas now. Um, the property's a little harder to come by this these yeah. days, so you can be living in just track homes in a smaller community out there, and your next door neighbor is a billionaire, and and, oh. and no one really cares. You know, they all are just people living out there, and. Yeah, maybe down the street is an NFL player, but probably will never see him because he's in the NFL. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, they're not around they're a, never a whole around. lot. Because yeah. I was just home in New Jersey, and in my, my parents' hometown, it's crazy because I grew up in this town that's, I should know, the mileage, within 10 miles of midtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. but culturally a million miles away from sure. it. And it's like, finally, what with real estate in New York, real estate people are like, this is a beautiful fucking town. Right. That you can see the skyline from. Maybe we should consider living here. And sure. you would have thought that that would have happened like a very, very, very long time ago. But I just went to a local street fair that the local police are throwing. I mean, I'm, I like attended grammar school or played youth football with half of the local police force sure, of, okay. of Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> but I'm seeing there was one weird guy walking around in a Make America Great Again hat and a Trump 2020. And I'm like, oh, God, we oh, got, why, why did I think that we were nowhere's immune from that? Why no, did I no, think no. that my town would be any different? Although I don't think he's representative. He was there. No, no, let's hope not. Yeah. And um, but then I also was seeing for the first time um, that it, that I have ever noticed because it's a, a parent event. Obviously, kids are in bouncy houses and stuff like that, like people in T-shirts that are like eat local and yeah. farmers market and whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys. Yeah, you, you finally, you finally got here. There's going to be a war when you guys want to close the Dairy Queen. Yeah, of course there is. You can't, you shouldn't take that away from, from no. New Jersey ever. I went uh, to Dairy Queen yesterday. Yeah, yeah. How, how was it? Exactly like you remembered it. Terrible. <laughs> I, I, I guess I hadn't noticed when I was a kid that they don't actually advertise the Blizzard as ice cream. Right. It is, <laughs> it is technically a frozen like dairy inspired treat. Yeah, there's there's partial <laughs> ice cream in there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they may have some curds Mil- and or. Milk additive. And or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But the Butterfinger still swirls up great in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll even say this about New Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm working a show at the Stone Pony Summer Stage in uh-huh. a couple of weeks, and uh, I, was, I was on the phone with them, and they told us, they were like, please make sure that your artists don't 
curse on stage. And I was like, well, why is that? It's it's an outdoor event. Everything's fine. They're like, well, because New Jersey is now like Asbury Park exclusively is a destination. It's a very like they they told me it was the Barbados of America now. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? That means people are flocking to it. People are wanting to like vacation in Asbury Park. But Barbados of all things. What I, is I, what I is I don't know why he said that. What's a me? Barbados state of mind? I, I guess it's just sort of relaxing uh-huh. uh, and uh calming. Wait, which drink do you want? Blue or red? <laughs> I'll take the red. Um, <laughs> I know that Asbury Park has gotten um quite a bit nicer because it was kind of um it was a a destitute really depressing place. I did not grow up as a Bruce Springsteen person. Sure. And I kind of backdoored. I think it was there. It was latent in my genes, and I wasn't aware of it right. until a hair metal band from New York that I liked covered. I was so into them that I'd get their like home four track demos with drum machines, oh, like wow. Tascam drum machines and shit. <laughs> and the guy one night, I guess, just got drunk and decided to cover "Growing Up" by Bruce. Oh. And I enjoyed that, which made me find the original, which made me get into early Bruce. First right. Bruce album is literally entitled "Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey." So I'm down the shore, and I'm like, "Mom, take me to Asbury Park." And she's like, "It's not going to be what you think it is." Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard of Asbury, I was like, I don't want to go there just based on what people have told me. It was really scary, I yeah. think, for a really long time. And I'm, I'm not sure what the reasons were for that. But it was one of those places that has a bunch of beautiful old homes that have fallen into disrepair. So once the wheels get turning, there's a lot to actually work with to yeah. uh, to bring it back. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, my merchandise manager with the Mowgli's, he lives out in Asbury. And, you know, there's he's always told me that there's this pride from Asbury Park. Yeah. Like. No matter what problem it is, like like we have a huge homeless problem in L.A., mm-hmm. but in Asbury, the people that live there, they won't stand for the homeless problem. So like they'll like move the homeless out. They just won't they won't stand for it. Like there's a, a serious pride in that town. Yeah. That I hope has helped build that town back up. I hope so. Yeah. It's, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Like there aren't there aren't too many places that have really managed to have a like a signature sound. Right. You know, like there's like there's there's Motown and that's really representative of that. And I didn't live in Seattle in the nineties, but I was under the impression that it wasn't just a bunch of bands that happened to be in Seattle. The thing that they were doing like really localized like represented a local vibe. Sure. Bruce is like not the only one. There's also there's, you know, Southside Johnny and Little Steven is sort of his own Yeah, he's got his own thing as well. Empire on top of it. Yeah. There's like th- that and it's funny being from there I-, I was blown away i remember bruce in the 90s i think released a live album at live in paris oh wow oh. and i was like i just assumed he was only successful on the east coast of america <laughs> i can't it's believe asbury and that's it like how- <laughs> who else could possibly relate to this yeah, all no. this is about is living in new jersey yeah. and I've- and it- and that's i understand that pride because i share that pride i think it is super cool that he's not just from there he is that fucking place. Sure. And it, it, I think it's really rad, you know, loving New Jersey as I do, that people in France would get into that vibe. Right. Because people shit all over New Jersey. And it's yeah, like, well, course. clearly it can't be that bad because no, everybody not... loves Bruce. And Bon Jovi's been fucking swinging from that for years. Right, exactly. Shamelessly. <laughs> and I mean, I think that goes back to, like, we went off on a tangent from No Doubt to this. But yeah. I think that goes back to the No Doubt thing with me where... They're from Southern California. So am I. Like, I see these. They were like my hometown heroes, Mm -hmm. knowing that they created an empire in a garage in Anaheim. It gave me hope that, like, the ska, the punk movement, everything that they were doing was something that I could do. And, of course, I didn't go down the ska and punk route, but it's just That was probably wise. Yeah, it was was wise. Um, (laughs) uh, As much as I used to want to be in a ska band, I, I don't think it's ever something I'll do. 
it turns out there might be a finite number of uh of Scott songs that can be written. Yeah. We might be hitting the ceiling at that point. We might already yeah. be past peak ska. Yeah. But then, I mean, but now we have like the interrupters and, mm-hmm. you know, like some, some band like that, you know, being led by, by Amy and then, you know, being groomed a little bit by Tim Armstrong. It's, it's the new ska. It's the new, the fourth wave of ska. I guess you, I guess is that's where we're at. Is that how many we're up to? Yeah. I think, yeah. Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake, they were third wave and. We kind of didn't have another wave until recently, and I'm only calling it the fourth wave. Yeah. I'm sure there's some people who would uh, oh, take umbrage to that. So there you go. Yeah. And I only this is a, your shit, huh? I, I, this is my shit, you know. And I I picked this song because it's important. I think she was like 14 or 15 when she started writing this song. Oh, for real? And this is a song about the fact that they wouldn't let her stay in the venues when they were playing shows like she would only be allowed to come in for the set and then she would have to leave because she was underage for most of the sets right oh i see you know it wasn't not, not, about, that, the, it, not that the band wouldn't let her go to no. sound check and it's not about her being a woman either it was just like she was too young yeah and uh so she wasn't allowed to stay in and i mean i've had that experience with bringing bands on the road like we had a band come out with us called hippocampus who's now doing a lot of great things the first tour they did was opening for us they were all underage. They were all like between 17 and 19. And they were not allowed to stay in most of the venues after their set. They weren't allowed in their green room. They just had to come in and leave right away. No cheese cubes for you. No, couldn't have it. Sorry, <laughs> no no apple slices happening tonight. <laughs> get, get them at 7-Eleven, yeah. kids. I, I'm not a no doubt fan, but I've always, I'll never totally turn on Gwen Stefani regardless of what she's chosen to become I don't really care about the you know the later era of her career there's two things about her that I've always really dug one is I do recall my first exposure to them I want to say the first time I heard that song was them performing on um Conan O'Brien yeah and she's obviously playing a character first of all like first album no doubt even though I think that is technically their second Tragic album, Kingdom right? is technically their third album okay yeah. okay but the first what the, but had another singer that had, that had passed away yeah in 1988 their original singer had committed suicide yeah. right 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 so she's obviously playing a character on that album in a way but she's yeah. really playing a character in that song sort of goes without saying and I love theatrical bands I love glam shit and stuff yeah. like that and she was playing the character throughout the song and i always recall it was such a little detail but after the song when conan came over she kind of stayed in character and they don't talk they just say hi and shake hands right. and stuff but she was still she didn't drop it and i was like oh this chick's really she's, she's in it to win it yeah her her performance always has yeah. been so spot on she's never broken character and like even now like we we don't really i don't personally care for the music that she's making now but that she is that character. Yeah. She'll never break that. And I I doubt she's like that behind closed doors with Blake Shelton. No. But, um, you know, she's never going to stop being that version of herself when she's on stage. When and, she's on, she's yeah. on. And it's funny because I am I have to assume, based on her choice of life partners, that she's fairly boring <laughs> when she's not doing that. She's probably just, you know, just down to earth mother and yeah. taking care of everything and a normal person she she isn't she isn't it's funny because as a parent i've seen i haven't seen her and blake but maybe the kids are too old but her and gavin when my kid was little it was not uncommon for us to just go to a children's museum or whatever and pass them and it's funny because they were they were out with their kids 
but they always dressed like they were ready for TMZ. <laughs> so it's really like I remember one time being in a playground and the one of their little kids is on a swing next to my kid and their nanny, who is the one that Blake uh, Gavin actually, oh yeah, oh, the scandal one. nanny yeah. was like I was BSing with her while our kids are on the the um the swing together. But it's a it's it's Cheviot Hills park playground and there's just a bunch of parents sitting at you know wooden benches eating apple slices bsing about you know what pediatrician are you going to and gwen and gavin were right up in that with fucking u2 bono glasses i mean i guess when you're famous you got to be ready you know they were they were always always ready ready. but they were always there they travel with the nanny but one or obviously they travel a lot for their work and shit you would you actually saw them out there parenting but i've always found interesting and cool about her i have very poor taste so i really really admire and respect people who have wonderful taste like she's now been plugged into like the zeitgeist for an extremely long period of time it's usually hard like madonna gets a lot of credit for that she was only really plugged in for like five or six years before she was like everybody just wants to see me wear underwear and sit on old men's laps right that's cool (laughs) while daddy kane jerks off daddy kane jerks off in the corner no yeah no you're right you're absolutely correct Oh boy! <laughs> so you mentioned the uh, the interrupter. So why don't we just do? Yeah, why don't we just do. I just that? saw them the other day. They're a phenomenal band. My very good friend um, Brian Cullen is a very big fan of theirs and friend yeah. of theirs, and they just gave his kid a uh, guitar. I it. saw his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he was actually one of the reasons why I found that band. I could see that. Yeah. You know what, this band fits into a category that I found myself thinking about while, you know, you sent me the list of bands you wanted to talk about, and I was putting together my own. Um, Obviously, like, I think women are naturally better singers than men. That sort of goes without saying. So it's not, like, surprising when a girl is, like, a good singer. Mm -hmm. But I found myself thinking more and more about, um, like, women are identified with singing but men are identified with being like front people yeah and how cool it is when a woman is like um i i've known and i i'm sure you've witnessed this as well i've known women who i didn't like objectively think were like they didn't like turn heads when they walked down the street, but then you'd be playing at some club when I was gigging around and all of a sudden you'd be like, Whoa, who's that girl? Yeah. And it's amazing that she, and there's a little bit of that. You're just, you're on the stage. Everybody's looking at you. Guitar players get laid, yada, yada, yada. Sure. But a lot of it really was just having this intrinsic vibe, this intrinsic coolness. Cause like Gwen Stefani can't sing, you know, <laughs> right. I'm not sure interrupters lady can sing, right. but that's not the point. It's just that it's this power dynamic. Like it's, it's knowing that you can get up on stage and whether or not you have an actual ego off stage, it's showing that you have one up there. Yeah. Showing, showing people that you are the rock star no matter what. Exactly. And, uh, like I especially saw that with Katie from my band on this last tour. Um, cause I mean, you, you've seen my band, you know, like we've always had so many people in it and so many, there's no lead singer. There's just always been no, it's like, a great big mess up there. Yeah. Um, we've, we've trimmed, we've trimmed everything. You're down to six now, right? We actually are five now. Oh my goodness. Um, You'd be a power trio before uh, you know all what? said and done. At some point it might just be me <laughs> and a bass and no one's going to show up anymore. Um, Good evening everybody. I'm the Mowgli. <laughs> I'm the final Mowgli and it's going to get really low endy in here. Um, but on this last tour, it was, um, 
Katie and Josh were leading our band. Mm -hmm. And Katie, I think it had taken many years for her to kind of have that role, considering how many members we had. And watching her on stage, like like you said, there's a dynamic of offstage. She's just my friend Katie. And onstage, she's this powerhouse. She's like a force to be reckoned with. And like she's commanding this crowd in a way that I had never seen her do. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh my God, you you are a rock star. Holy shit. Like, I knew you always had it in you, but like, now I'm seeing it. And it's important, I think, for women to have that platform. To Hell be yeah. able to do that. Like, you don't have to turn heads, like you said. You don't have to be the hottest thing in the world. Katie's beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Um, but if you can step on stage and show people, like, this isn't a man's world. This is everyone's world. Like, yeah. We can all do this shit together. And I'm of the opinion that that's all that's left for rock and roll is people with a strong vibe. Every song's been written 20 million times and it's been revived and recombined with everything that it could possibly go with. There's just nothing, there's nothing left. You're not going to write another riff. You're not going to write another hook. But the one thing is, you know, Matt, every single one of us are like snowflakes. You know, yeah. we're all beautiful in our own way. Very individual. And that's, you know, I think of... um like Jack White is a is a guy who does not have an original riff in him. He's doing songs that were all written right. 70 years before he was born, but it doesn't matter because he has his stamp because he is him and every time he opens his mouth it is it is him. Yeah. I mean we're we're out of chords. We're yeah. out of notes. There's we're, there's nothing else you can The Beatles, Tom Petty, they took everything away from us, yeah. you know? Like they right. wrote the best songs and now we're now we're done. Yeah. We have to figure it out and uh yeah, I mean, there, there's a new, there is a little bit of new way of, of doing it, but it's like, we're just, we're just trying to get by and make people mm-hmm. happy at this point. I right. Think, you know? And that's why, let me play one of the ones that I threw on my list here, because this is, in some ways, this lady is a legend. I'm sure she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and she could be bothered to show up for the um, induction ceremony, but I don't feel like when we talk about the greats that Chrissy Hind necessarily yeah. is one of the first names that comes to mind. But just an absolute original, like all the Gwen Stefani's and everything have to go back to Chrissy Hine has a fucking amazing, beautiful singing voice, but she can choose when she wants to use it and when she wants to just talk. And if you I mean, this is uh, you familiar with Precious off their first album. I don't know. I don't have the samples that I thought I was going to. So we might have some long (laughs) intros. Hey, that's fine. No, fuck. <laughs> She'll start singing at a certain point. And it was amazing when I started thinking about her, how many people borrow from her that you don't realize. I you cross the street cause you're yeah. yeah, like people would hear this and be like, she's not singing, she's not a singer. Yeah. But it, you know she can. Right, but she's got that, um, that incredible, that vibrato... You know, whenever she wants to just mail one in, she can just go, uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, uh and people are like, oh my God, she's doing the thing. <laughs> That's her. She's doing it. <laughs> oh my God, she's doing it. And I'm here and she's doing it. <laughs> um, but right. But Gwen Stefani has her big, has her, has her trills that she sticks on the end of everything. And yeah. that's, I'm not, I don't know if Christy Hine invented that entirely, but that's. Like you, like you said, we're all they're all snowflakes. Everyone's yeah. got their own little special signature things going on, right? And uh, we have, I think, we should respect all of them, <laughs> right? Um, oh god, damn me. Um, so uh, how's that new EP going? 
Uh, new EP is going well. We put that out earlier this year. Um, we went on a tour earlier mm-hmm. this year and, and played a bunch of those songs live. And then we just did another tour recently. We did the summer vacation tour, touring that uh, EP, and that was really fun. I will say this. On that EP, there's a song called Talk About It, which I listed in, shamelessly listed in my email oh, to We're going to get there. Okay, I was we'll gonna, get I was going to wrap it up with a plug. We can do it now. Go ahead. No, no, no. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> this got weird. I, right. I was just gonna say that the reason that song sticks out to me the most is that this is the first time that Katie has ever had a full lead on a song. What do you mean? Um, How is that possible? Like she's always been a singer in the band, of course. Um, there's another song from our our debut record called "Hi Hey There Hello," uh-huh. but that is a song that she is doing a duet on. She's never done just lead only, no other people on it. That's surprising to me. And we finally, in 2019, have gotten there. And mm-hmm. I, I would, I've always been trying to get her to lean further into that. I, like, like I said, I mean, with female vocalists being my favorite, I've always been like, I want more Katie songs. Mm-hmm. And now I finally got one. And I think for the next writing process, we're gonna be leaning a little bit more that way too. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good little song. Yeah. Thanks for doing the plug early, bud. <laughs> This is my shit. It's a, it's a great song, and it's got a great story too. Like she, she literally had she got emails from people that were calling her her sister. They were like, "I'm your brother. You're my sister." And she's like, "You're across across the seas. Like I don't know who you are." And she flew to Europe. She flew to England with with Josh, her husband. And they it's a great met, little song. It's a great song, and they met these two guys that emailed her. And said that they were her brothers, and turns out those are her real brothers. What from a different marriage that like she didn't know even existed at all. And the song is literally about talking about it, like trying to learn how to talk about your feelings of being newfound brother and sisters. So I don't know how specific with this you want to get. So does this mean a parent was not being entirely forthcoming about um, her? I, I maybe I uh-huh. I haven't really dived fully in on the entire story. Yeah. I just know that. Katie's family is from England, uh-huh. and but I met her in Calabasas. Right. So I know that her father wasn't fully in the picture most of her life. Uh, okay. So I'm assuming he had other. Sure, he was families. living. He was living his life while he wasn't in the picture, yeah, right? And creating other beings, and then she found out one day, and then she's not like there's no anger or animosity towards anyone. She's just stoked to know that she has family. Wow. she didn't know about yeah and she was telling this story on stage every night letting the crowd know like whatever problems you got whatever situations arise just just talk about it especially now i mean that's that's the process we're in now if you if you can't talk about shit now then we're, we're all gonna have some problems so. yeah well there's still it's it's yeah there's still quite a few people who can't and um i you know the world is obviously changing rapidly and i think you know young people i'm uh, it seems to me i'm getting the impression that they um are a lot more forth- forthcoming and don't feel reasons to be ashamed of things that were outside of their control you yep. know be it you know being raised in unfortunate circumstances or 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 what have you or being depressed right. or whatever but so you can kind of ride the 
the the wave of the social changes that they're pioneering, but just because you feel that way doesn't necessarily mean that the other people in your life who are from an older generation are necessarily like, yeah. no, we got the message too. Yeah. Let's just they probably won't. Think let's that just same let's way. just end the silence and yeah. address things head on. Yeah, because now it's like you're right. We're in a situation where this generation is they have no filter. There's right. no more filter anymore. You you say exactly what you want to say, uh-huh. and you you deal with the repercussions as they come to you. But you know, it's like there's no genders. There's no Everything's fluid. Everything is just it is now. Oh yeah, you're you really know? in touch with the youth, aren't you? Um, I I mean I I see them every day. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah I tour the country and definitely like my demographic is very much younger and right. uh, and mostly female as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, and obviously it's an open what the Mowgli's thing is all about is about you know love yeah, and feeling. yeah we want everyone to come in and this is a safe space. Uh-huh. Like you, we want you to create with us. We want you to know that. It's it's okay to be here. Like whatever whatever bullshit happens in your life, come walk through these doors, come see our live show, put on our music, and forget about it for a little while. And so, do you feel like I'm sorry? Continue. No, I was going to say, just formulate your own opinions. You uh-huh. know? Be be who you want to be. Don't let anyone else tell you who to be. So, you mentioned gender fluidity. Do you notice? I guess what my question is: Is that a thing that you feel like? a certain segment of the population that has always had issues with that, that they would have just kept to themselves are sort of living inside of and being open to, or are you finding that young people in general feel more gender fluid? I think it's what I'm seeing is, yeah. is younger people seeing that. Obviously there's people in my life that are the, my age or older that have found who they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I travel the country and, and meet more and more people, I'm, I'm finding that the younger demographic is more open to who they want to be or trying to be someone that they may think they want to be. Yeah. They're just open to everything. I got um, you. I got and, you. And yeah, they're just that it's a very positive outlook on life. I think at this point where, you know, when, when I was in sixth grade and I knew that some of my friends were gay, like, they could never tell anyone. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell people until, and same thing for you growing up. It's mm-hmm. like you, you knew these people were. Yeah, no, I still don't tell people, people I'm gay. Well, yeah, because you shouldn't. But now, <laughs> damn it, don't tell your wife. Um, <laughs> I'm in too deep, man. <laughs> I'm here for the tax breaks now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're my plus one on my taxes. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, I, I think the younger generation is is seeing it clearer than anyone else has ever seen it. It's really funny because. Um, you know, what with the culture wars that are obviously up and up and running, there are a number of people who get feel threatened when they hear that kind of stuff or want to, you know, poo poo it or, you know, oh, where I just want to pee where I want to whatever, you know, and it's like if you really took a second and just thought about how does it affect you and why should it threaten you? Yeah. If you like, for example, I I have always felt like a man trapped in a man's body. Yeah, that seems like who you are. Y- you yeah. know, <laughs> and that's like so. But the fact that there's other people who might not feel that way, it just has absolutely no effect on on my life whatsoever. Right. And so far, for example, I don't know about my daughter. She does she doesn't seem very bright so far. She's twelve <laughs> months old. Doesn't have a lot She'll to say. She'll get there. Let her get there. <laughs> but like my seven year old, I judge him to be a man trapped in a man's body, right. and that's cool um but why on earth would i be rooting for a scenario where if that is not the way that he truly feels that he should keep that bottled up but who on earth is being served by that right and i don't see how anybody could disagree with anything that i'm saying and so therefore why is this an issue in the culture 
Right. Uh, yeah. I, it's I, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It, I just think like. <laughs> I think everyone should stay out of everyone's business at this point. Yeah. Like be like I've always said, be who you want to be, man. If if you're a man trapped in a man's body and you think the same way about your son and like, you know, but what if, you know, what if in 10 years your son realizes like, no, I'm actually a woman trapped in a man's body. It's not like you're, yeah. you're not going to change your opinion about your son. He's half Japanese. He'll be gorgeous. <laughs> he will be beautiful. You're right. He'll be, be very beautiful. <laughs> so when you initially tweeted about female fronted acts, I believe this is the one that I that I piped in with. I'd been thinking about just female fronted rock. That's why I was I was so responsive to your Twitter thread because at that point for some weird reason I was doing a deep dive on the Bengals. Oh, beautiful. I, yeah, sure. The album track's really not that great, you know. And we kind of <laughs> we kind of knew the seven songs we needed to know from the yeah, Bengals, but fun. just the technology being what it is nowadays while I'm cruising around living my day sitting in LA traffic. It's right. like well, when's the last time somebody listened to their yeah, debut album from, the deep from top to bottom yeah. and just see what it's all about? And um, so I, I'd been thinking about uh, about the subject in general, and this is always my my go to when people talk about famous female vocalists. I don't feel like many people knew about Johnette Napolitano of Concrete Blonde at the time, right. and I still don't feel like <clears throat> you know people. And she's been even more forgotten with time, and it is just. A goddamn shame. If I can share anything with the world, like one takeaway from listening to me all these years, like this is a vocalist people need to know about. Are, are you, have you listened to Concrete Blonde over the I, years? I haven't dived too deep, um, but once you spoke about it, I, uh-huh. I, I listened a little bit, and I mean that was middle of my tour, so all of that information is now gone. It's a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this. And uh, she used to be around Swing House, which is where your oh, band cool. used to rehearse and yeah. where the Sirius XM studios used to be. And um, the. I mean, yeah, her voice is a powerhouse. Like. The uh, the woman who ran the, just sort of kept the day to day operations running at Swing House was a fan of Johnette Napolitano's and was had a little relationship with her, you know, owing to being in a rehearsal studio uh-huh. and stuff like that. So I remember she had a 30th birthday party that Johnette came and played oh, at. Wow. And I was like, wow, she's really been, um, she must really be taking care of her voice because she just sounds amazing. People are like, Johnette is doing everything that is humanly possible to destroy her voice. <laughs> but she has this gift from God that cannot be destroyed. You, you can't take that away from her. So ever, she's no just out living that. in the desert. She tweets occasionally about her horses. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> she is, And I used to go see her play little acoustic shows at Hotel Cafe and stuff like that. Is she still playing at all, like out here or anything? I don't know how often she comes into to LA, but God, if people have a chance to go see her, she's so fucking great. Yeah, she has such a powerful, such an amazing voice. And yeah. she has the, the thing. It's not fair because women, like, <clears throat> are better singers than men. And she is an exceptionally great singer for even for a chick. And she has the phrasing thing such that if she had no singing ability, she could still be incredible right. just on attitude alone. Yeah. It's just the absolute total package yeah she was she's just a rock star no matter how you look at yeah yeah and that unfortunately she's 100 percent a victim of they couldn't make her a cute video chick right and it was the late 80s yeah and that was what you had to do. and that's just all there was to it is she's super goth and she's just got this long black hair in her face and she just wants to wear veils and i mean now it would work so perfectly it wouldn't nobody would give a shit now yeah yeah it would be incredible yeah it would work now yeah she She'd be like a Billie Eilish type at this point. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people exactly. would notice it. Exactly, exactly. So here, let's play something else off of your list. I didn't recognize a ton of the stuff sure. that you 
scent, and so that's fun. Yeah, no, that's fine. Just pick a random one. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I know I've heard of Casey Musgraves. Is this country? So you're going to hear a country song. That Yeah, this is a country song. Um, But I, I put her on the list mm-hmm. because... She's come such a long way from country. Okay. Um, this album was her breakout album, and it's so Nashville written, like true country country record. But her most recent album that came out, she won Grammys, she won all kinds of awards for it, and the the single from that album is like a disco track. So she kind of branched out in a way where she was able to cross country alternative pop disco all of it and show people like i'm not just this girl from nashville making a country record i'm a superstar and she's crushed every stage since she's selling ten thousand plus tickets every night and she's amazing the modern country can be a great launching pad once you get your sea legs under you and start to find yourself your identity as an artist and go and do your thing because it is like a it's a fundamental thing you're you have top-notch song writing and 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 songs that are perfectly constructed they're just pieces of shit right (laughs) (laughs) but but when you get the um you know the 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 fundamentals of what it can what it can look like and i'm thinking of taylor swift here right i still like tons and tons of respect for her, even if I would never choose to listen to her stuff. And yeah. I think, you know, the fact that she, who she is as an artist nowadays has everything to do with the fact that she came out of country. Yeah, there's something very, very strong and important about the storytelling aspect in country music that gets lost in rock and roll, it gets lost in hip-hop, it gets lost in every other genre, because when you're sitting down and you're even thinking back to like someone like Dolly Parton, who's written countless hits for men, across the world her storytelling is better than any man's stories i've ever heard like just there's something about country music writing that brings a song to life more than any other genre of music i think when it's good when it's good yes of course when it's bad it is literally like the 99 cent cards at target (laughs) if they started singing right yeah i mean if you can if you can separate like if you can look at the lyrics of a country song and just read them and not know the melodies or the music to it, you would think it's beautiful probably. But then you put some of the music to it and you go, ah, this is garbage. This yeah. is just like this is just radio garbage at this point. No one wants to hear this. Yeah. Well, but, again, some of this stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff's just like what runs with pickup. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. I don't know why they focus on their trucks and barbecues so much. Like I know we're American. We all know how cool America is and, like, the things that America has. But, like, stop telling me that your backyard barbecue white pickup truck stuff happened and how many kids you got. Like, I just, I'm not I, interested I, I'm in your solo interested. cup. I'm not yeah. interested in how many, you know, what hole you use to fit your head on the back of your truck yeah. or have. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's, like, there's, there's a lot of songs that are just, like, about, like, setting up the barbecue. Like, yeah, we put it's a subgenre the... in its own in its own regard. Yeah, it's like I don't care that where you place the cornhole game. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter to me. You know, <laughs> like is the story good or not? You know. Yeah, and I think like with someone like Casey Musgraves, you're getting the perspective of a woman, and you're getting a perspective of a badass woman where she she doesn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. and she can talk about anything she wants. And yeah, maybe she'll slip a, a backyard barbecue lyric in there at some point. But it's probably to let people know that the rest of the song is better than that lyric. So, 
if that's part of the real life, then then that's then that's fine. Sure. You just I don't I can't deal with people who live there. That reminds me of someone who I want to talk about. Are you familiar with Sean Colvin? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I love Sean Colvin. Love's a strong word. I'm I'm a solid top to bottom greatest hits on Sean Colvin, sure. which is deeper than I go on most artists. Yeah. Frankly, there's only so many people that I listen to like five albums from, but um, I love Sean Colvin because she she tells stories too, and I feel like her voice in the literal and the sort of metaphorical sense are are really unique and she flies under the radar in a very cool way because it's a very plain sort of way most pop music rock music is about like young themes it's about yeah. young love and young emotion and i need to define myself and who i am in the world sean colvin really made her bones writing stuff from a very adult perspective and she has this album a few small repairs which i should know more about it but i don't a lot of times when i when I like something, I don't want to find out stuff that's going to be like, it oh, it's, it. It it's not as cool it. as what I thought it was. I actually thought that she was writing it autobiographically. I don't believe it's autobiographical, but it's essentially a concept album, I think, about a woman who has raised children in like a, an abusive relationship oh, and okay. she's and she's leaving. Yeah. And, and, and it's, most people don't touch on that subject at all. And so. it's it's a very it's a it's a very middle aged album. It's about a woman who realizes that she made mistakes in her 20s and now she's like 35 and she's just going to leave and kind of try to make the best of it. Right. She's not going to start over. She doesn't have a new attitude. It's, it's funny. Gonna... This this song almost made my list to send you. Oh, really? Yeah. It was. It's the last song that I added to my, my playlist uh-huh. after the tweets were coming through. Yeah. I just started going through music and I was like, how come this isn't on my playlist already? It's such a fucking great song. It's an amazing and, song. And it, I think it just kind of is remembered as like a VH1 yeah, it's like the VH1 Pleasant. like bubble, the the like talk bubble. Yeah. Remember how they did, used to do that? Pop a video. Yeah, yeah, pop a video. Yeah, it's like that's what I remember from my childhood about this music mm-hmm. video and this song. But when you listen back on it, it's it's beautiful. And She's it's like, not, she does not have a strong singing voice. No. But because of it, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. And this, this was if the I could beautiful. have one hook like this, man. I know. We're all looking for this one hook. <laughs> Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, this song, which sounds like a very pleasant whatever pop song, is about her getting the kids and burning the house down and leaving. Powerful woman. It's incredible. I love that. It's yeah. incredible. It's like the Gilbert Grape of pop songs. And people, like, probably when this came out, I don't know how many people were thinking about that it is a country song. You right. Know, it, it's it's pop, of course, because yeah. it went to pop radio and, like, hot AC. And there, I, just heard a, I just heard a pedal steel in the back. Yeah, there's there. a pedal steel. There's a banjo going on. Someone's playing a mandolin somewhere, yeah. you know, like... And it was all tracked live, I'm sure, you know, by the best of the best in Nashville or some shit, you know. Yeah. And also she wasn't, you know, she's obviously not a, a kid. But she was a career artist at this point, and she was in that spot where she was like a legit indie artist. She had a following. She wasn't big. She could tour. She could, you know, draw right. a thousand out-of-state fair kind of thing. And, and you don't see a whole lot of that of people. And for better and for worse, they just either pop nowadays or they go away yeah and she'd actually made a pretty good go of it before she found this thing that actually resonated with a larger audience and that song you hear that song still at least a couple times a day on the radio you can still hear that song getting placements in tv and film all the time like it's a it's it's a one hit wonder for her that became like a lifelong timeless song yeah you know most of those one hit wonders don't get to be that 
Well, there's other stuff on that on that album. There, there's another song called Get Out of This House that to me are kind of 1A and 1B. And gotcha. then there's one song that's not very good that was the, uh, it's this really bubbly thing and it feels really inauthentic. And I think because the whole album is very depressing, she wanted to have one song at the end that was like this hopeful, I'm getting out with right. my life thing. And it's the only one that doesn't quite feel authentic. And it was the theme song to... I want to say it was called Suddenly Susan, which oh was a, Bro- a yeah. Brooke Shields I remember sitcom. That. <laughs> which, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, maybe she didn't want to write that song, uh-huh. or maybe she did, or maybe someone... Or maybe she didn't write it. Yeah, or maybe she didn't, and her label was like, you need to do this. Like, yeah. We need this kind of song. But then you look back, and it's like, Suddenly Susan, money for her. It's like, yeah. that, what a good placement, you know? Yeah, I don't begrudge people for getting that. No, for, not at all. For, for getting that at all. And another thing, I always... I've always respected Taylor Swift. I just... Uh, I think I read like a New Yorker profile of her early on, and I was like, okay, I get this. This is a really, really smart cookie. Yeah. Um, you know, she's doing ma- playing chess, whatever else is playing checkers, et cetera, et cetera. But I had Ann Wilson from Heart on this oh, cool. show, and she has collaborated a little bit with Sean Colvin. So I start going down a YouTube thing with that, and that led me to Taylor Swift at a concert not that long ago where she brought out Sean Colvin and they played uh-huh. Sonny Came Home together. <clears throat> Which makes me respect Taylor Swift so much more because you know that for everybody in the crowd, she's like, hey, I want to bring out this chick. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's going to be Rihanna. Yeah, it's going to be someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then she brings out Sean Cole and everyone's like, yeah, okay, well, Teves, you seem to like it, so I'll clap for that, too. But you know everyone's parents that are there are like, yeah. I know Sean. Right. I'm stoked that they're playing this. But, <laughs> you know, Taylor Swift is a pop artist. The nature of pop is that you pander to your fans. You yeah. write a hook that goes, oh, 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 and that's what hits. But she chose to she wasn't winning any fans people want were thinking about what sparkly t-shirt they were going to get after the show when right. sean colton was there taylor swift just had her there because obviously she she knows yeah when she's fucking awesome when you have that much power and you're a big fan of someone you should show it to the world yeah or at least this new generation you know? yeah and yeah. i i do respect taylor swift but mostly i respect her early career okay because it was the country stuff mm-hmm. that, that got me interested in her and I kind of got lost with like all the Max Martin super produced pop songs that she kept putting out over and over again. Yeah. I, I wish she would do a country record again. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. I'm just impressed that I can tell when I hear a Taylor Swift song and it's pop music has to pop so fucking hard nowadays. Your verse needs to pop, your pre chorus needs to pop, it's your all chorus needs to pop three different ways. And it's getting harder and harder for people to generate to to maintain momentum because you and and every time i hear her uh-oh, 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 i'm like oh you fucking thought of another one yeah. it doesn't yeah. mean i want to listen to it yeah it's but it means like, that you you thought of one and now that's gone from everyone else's universe yeah. and we can't use it <laughs> they at gotta all find anymore. another one but you'll have another one in six months so uh, tell me about uh lucius so lucius um I actually grew up with um, one of the girls from Lucius. She was actually my drummer's babysitter back in the day. Okay. Lucius is a two-female-fronted group that is backed by a couple guys. They, It's broadened from, like, pop to rock to country to everything. They actually now, these two these two women, they back um, Roger Waters on tour. Really? They, uh, yeah, they're his backup singers. They Like, when Roger Waters was doing the... Anytime he plays the great gig in the sky, they're the ones singing that part. Um, they've they've gone out and been uh, the backing singers for Mavis Staple. They're just, I think they were out with like Smokey Robinson recently. Stuff wow. like these two women have the most beautiful voices I've ever heard, and a very memorable moment. Two mo- moments. We we took them on tour when they were like kind of coming up, and I remember we played a show in art and yeah, Little Rock. We sold three tickets to that show. 
so we made the show free and they played the whole set with around one microphone in the crowd they were like we're not using the stage fuck this and i thought to myself I'm like what a beautiful sentiment for like just the amount of people that are here like this is so nice and then years later i saw them play at the masonic lodge at the hollywood forever mm-hmm. and their opening song they walked from the back of the room with a microphone stood in the middle of the crowd and they sang this song that you're playing right now with one acoustic guitar five guys around her around the two of them and i cried like my wife was looking at me she's like you're crying i'm like this is fucking beautiful like music doesn't move me like that really and i think lucius is really really on to something like they don't have radio they don't they don't chart very well but their live performance is so utterly beautiful it like destroys you a little bit it makes you feel everything and uh, i've always loved them well i think and i'm sure you've noticed this since you've been on both sides of it with the mowgli's that's where it's at is is um You'd rather make a strong connection with a small number of people than make a weak connection to. Uh, it's much more important that. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Sure. I I remember Oasis, who are they're just so fucking hilarious to me for so many different reasons. Released a live album <laughs> entitled "Familiar to Millions." <laughs> like they are so stupid. It's amazing. They released yeah. an album one time called "Standing on the Shoulder of Giants." Yeah. Uh, yes, we all we all know that one. Yeah. <laughs> So, do the giants, do they mutually share a shoulder? Just one shoulder. Nobody could be bothered to go. All giants have one shoulder, (laughs) not two. (laughs) So, yeah, and I'm familiar to millions has always stuck with me as uh, that was was where you wanted to be, was to be, you know, Stevie Winwood, Howard Jones. Like, like, oh, that's that guy who does that thing. Oh, cool. Let's give him millions of dollars. And now it doesn't really get you anywhere because you're here today, gone tomorrow, as soon as people move on to the next thing that they feel lukewarm yeah, about. Yeah, it's super fast. I mean, like, even with the Mowgli's, sure, like, we, we've had our success since, the you know, 2012 through 2012 through 2016, we had, like, radio success. Mm-hmm. And now, like, on this last tour that we just did, we just went and played markets that we haven't played ever or haven't played in five years. And I thought no one would show up. Sure, people showed up but maybe only like 100 or 200 people maximum. And to me, going out after that show and standing at that merch area and shaking everyone's hand and gaining that small audience again is more important than going, we need to be on an arena tour opening for Panic at the Disco or whatever because people will see more of us. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, it doesn't fucking matter. Go meet the people. Go be in a small room with as many people as possible or as little as possible. And show them that you are just a regular human being, uh-huh. and that they can write songs just like you write songs. Like it's, it's we're all on the same level playing field at that point. Hey, we gotta go. We're out of time, believe okay. it or not, hey. already. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's dude. Always good to see you. Yeah, we gotta do this more often. You're yeah, at yeah. Matt DePenny. You are at the Mowgli's. The latest EP is American Feelings. This is one of my last. So, well, it's obviously my last selection, and also because of your wife (laughs) this is lovely thank you for putting this on for my wife (laughs) (laughs) 